how do I want to be in this business and have fun? Knowing that I don't know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know exactly what's coming in tomorrow. What would it look like for me to have fun? And that has been hard work. I mean, to create fun, it sounds Mm -hmm. like a, like catch 22, like you have to do work to have fun, but I've had to untrain my brain. It's like, so used to thinking, you know, in such absolutes and so used to wanting certainty that I would say that's probably been my biggest work is how can I have fun? How can we release the pressure? How can I care about this business without being so attached to the results? How can I have a lighter hand with it? And let my story, let my message, let that just speak for what it is and let that just kind of go out and see what comes, see what comes from that. Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, night shift emergency physician, burnout thriver and wellness champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory, MD. See you there. There. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom Tribe. This is Dr. G, and we are back for another exciting episode of the Fearless Freedom with Dr. G podcast. Today, we have Dr. Veena Gopal with us, and she is going to tell us all about what she's up to and who she is. Take it away, Priyanka. I love it. First of all, I love that you're Dr. G because before I got married and officially changed my name over to Dr. Venugopal, I was also Dr. G (laughs) and it took me forever. It's crazy because I got married before medical school, but it was well into my attending life that I was like, okay, the people are getting confused. My papers say Venugopal. My maiden name is G. So I feel the Dr. G. I'm having some flashbacks <laughs> of love. So I love that I'm here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Priyanka Venugopal. I'm a board certified OBGYN turned mindset coach for high achieving professional moms. And my mission is to help high achievers lose weight without a calculator. But more than that, and I, it's almost like married along with that alongside it, it's for high achievers to really understand their high achiever brains and the unique obstacles that high achievers have which really centers on perfectionism and really productivity-driven pleasure, which I find are big obstacles for high achievers and how to overcome that. So that has that's a little bit about me. And I mean, it's been quite a ride. I believe it. And, you know, yeah. we are always very curious as to how you get into something and if there is fear surrounding that and how did you overcome that? Mm-hmm. So oh, wherever yes. you'd like to start on that story, that would be perfect. so much. So I would say in the beginning, there was no fear. My, my personal journey started when I was just as a board, you know, board certified OBGYN practicing um, in New Jersey. I loved my practice and my patients, but I also felt very frustrated in my body. I was a little over 200 pounds. And again, as a high achiever who had wanted to lose weight for many years, I had quote unquote, tried it all. Like you name the app, you name the planner, you name the strategy. I have tried it. 
points, calories, weighing your food, macros, exercising six times a week, um, the keto, low carb, if you named it again, I had tried it. And with all these strategies, it would work for a short while until it stopped working. And I think I got to that point. This was in about 2019. My daughter was about seven months old. My son was three and a half. And I was living that that working mom life where on paper, everything was quite great. I had a supportive partner. And again, I, I love being an OBGYN physician, but I felt really frustrated. And I stumbled onto a podcast just like this that really planted a seed of possibility that maybe I had been going about it all wrong. Maybe I had been focusing so much on the strategy and less on my mindset, less on my mind. And maybe that was the missing piece. So for me, my journey started not from a place of fear, but really from a place of possibility that I wanted to change this so bad. And I was willing to do the work to get there. So that's what started my personal journey with coaching. I lost a little over 60 pounds, really incorporating mindset coaching into my journey without counting points and calories and crazy exercise, which we can talk about, you know, separately later. And I would say the part for me that was when fear and courage really started in my personal journey was when I made the decision to leave medicine, to leave my practice as an OBGYN, to become a full-time entrepreneur and do this work, which I kind of was my own first client, what I kind of experienced because I wanted that in the hands of more hygiene professionals. So that was a big moment of fear when I was making the decision. Do I want to do this? Do I love this so much? And the answer was yes. That's awesome. And so yeah. a, a kind of a corollary question then is what was the why for you? Like you mentioned that, you know, you had an internal need because of your own situation. Um, and then, but you have, you know, the why is a thing that allows for you to be able to overcome that fear of walking away from medicine and the supposed security that medicine provides and then be able to step out into entrepreneurship, which is very uncertain, like roller coaster ride all the time, you know. So I'm curious, what is it that keeps yeah. you going? What is that driver? Absolutely. I love, love that question. I love that you use the word uncertainty because I know because as a high achiever, I have always been a little addicted to certainty. I think a lot of physicians, a lot of high achievers that have gone through professional school and they hold a job that has this degree that looks beautiful on their walls, there's a feeling of security. And we believe that that degree is where we feel, where we get the feeling of certainty from. And that was me for so many years. I was willing to, um, you know, go with what hospital administration decided. I was willing to kind of go along with what, what somebody outside of me decided for my life. I was willing to go along with it because I felt like that's where certainty came from. And I think for me, my why started to be, and I didn't realize this at the time until much after the fact, as an OBGYN who's always cared about women's health, I think I've always had a coach's brain, even in the way that I would be with my patients as a physician, I had a coachy style with them. And what I discovered I was able to do for my patients in a 20 minute visit, like 20 minute annual visit, they come in, you know, gowned, naked, you know, we're doing a head to toe exam, a physical exam, right? So we have to right. cover a physical exam, but I was interested in their wellness in their head to toe, not just body wellness, but like their mental and emotional wellness. I couldn't do in 20 minutes in that the way that I wanted impossible. to do. Impossible. And I, because I had kind of 
unraveled my own wellness journey along the way. I knew that it was more than just a strategy. I found myself wanting to do more of that, which is when I started the Unstoppable Mom Brain on the side. It was like never meant to be, it was never meant to be a job that mm -hmm. I left medicine for. It was just like, I love this coachy thing. I love, I want to help more women. Like, let's just see what happens here. And that I just started to feel a level of fulfillment and a level of connection that didn't start and end with the clock. It was like, you know, the next patient's waiting in the room for you and every patient deserves to be seen and heard. And I, I think so much about the physicians that are working so hard in yeah. trying to oh, yeah. create that for their patients and they're limited by admin and insurance and times and clocks and they get the short end of the stick when patients feel like they're not being seen and heard. It's not the physician, it's, it's how everything is set up around there. And mm -hmm. I think ultimately my why was that I just started to love the impact I could have so much more. So I, I decided to leave medicine, not because I hated medicine. I actually always, I have always loved it. I just loved impact and possibility and the freedom and creativity that I got to have, which I never had before. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Because I'm sure you have found thus far in this entrepreneurial journey that that is crucial. You have got to have that to, oh, to tap into so much, on those so days much. where the roller coaster is at a nadir and you're like, ah, do I need to continue here or what? So, and there's, I would actually say as an entrepreneur, my biggest like self, myself concept and the growth I've had to experience has happened actually as I became an entrepreneur as a physician, I'm sure, you know, you, you like, you know, there's just, you follow step one, step yeah, two, step three, guide. you follow like it, a, a trail, You're, a trail, you just, you just go along yeah. the trail, go along the trail. And if you yeah. go along the trail, you'll get to the end for most people. If they go along the trail, they'll, they'll get there. And as an entrepreneur, I'm like, there is no trail. No. There are no rules. Yes. Where are the mile markers? My yes. like, high achiever brain is like, where can I cross checks? I need checks off my list. There's no such thing. There's and no checks. actually there's, there's more, there aren't even highs. There's more lows. Actually, oh if you think gosh. about like the way our journey works, there's not even so many highs. There's a lot more instability and lows and yes. having to learn how to have your own back through that. That is to me has been just kind of my greatest personal growth for sure. Oh yeah. No, it, there's, there's, you're absolutely correct in that. And I have to say that like, that was the thing that shocked me the most about just getting in. I mean, I'm not full-time entrepreneurship like you are at this moment, but like, you know, just even getting involved in entrepreneurial pursuits, period. You just discover so much more about yourself. You have to constantly be doing personal development because of the fact that, as you mentioned, there are a lot of lows. And if you aren't strong mentally, if you are, if you haven't, if you don't know yourself, then it can, it can just basically destroy you. <laughs> I completely agree. And I, I also want to say that one thing I've discovered is I don't think I did know myself. I, it's almost uh -huh. like becoming an entrepreneur has been my journey into learning about myself. Like I did, I never thought of myself as a pessimist or someone that has a lot of negative self-talk, but, but I learned along the way, my negative self-talk is very flowery. It's very oh, subtle. It's a like little moment. So for me, my, my journey into becoming an entrepreneur was actually has been a journey of self-discovery. And I think me deciding I'm going to have my own back through this, no matter what, Right. Let's like, however low we go, however much we fall on our face and however embarrassed. And let me tell you, I have felt embarrassed so many times, however embarrassed I feel, I will not abandon myself. I will never abandon myself. That's yes. it. Yeah. It's so good. No, it is. It is really good. That is awesome. Yeah.
Yeah. That is, uh, yeah. They just do not teach this stuff to you in medical school. <laughs> you tell people. Ever. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, this is like the stuff that, you know, just, just, just being able to be introspective, just being able to like be better than you were yesterday. Like, yeah. I mean, in medical school, you get taught, you know, the information and you, you can practice the skills, you know, you can practice the things. That's why you have residency, but like, you know, there, you don't get taught how to like stand up for yourself really. And you only can do that when you can, when you know yourself. So it's just like Absolutely. so many things that entrepreneurship provides that, you know, professional education and experience just does not. And it's just fascinating it, to if me. Anything, it's really fascinating. It actually like, it actually stamps it out. Like if you think about the way our educational system is created and how we are taught from the age of five, not just even professional school, like medical school and onto residency, but from the age of five, we are programmed by society and the way our system is now to strive for A pluses, mm -hmm. to get the gold star, to get accolades, recognition and achievement and our high achiever brains because of just how our primitive brains are wired, start craving that and we start defining our self-worth and our value with the number of A's and gold stars we collect. And unfortunately, what we stamp out, which I think is a natural part of our humanness, but we stamp out or we don't learn that the process of getting the A+, plus, the process, the work you have to do, the resilience, the resourcefulness, the grit, mm -hmm. that is actually where we should be spending so much more of our bandwidth, not just the A plus or the gold star at the end. But we don't learn that because we're like, go take this test, do the multiple choice, mm -hmm, pick the right mm -hmm. answers, get the A plus, move on. You don't think about the process. Right. No, that's good. That's really good. And it's almost like um, the, the closest analogy to entrepreneurship that I can think of is learning to play a sport that you're not naturally good at and working mm -hmm. towards becoming an expert at that sport, because that is when you really can tell what your true character is, <laughs> because it's like, Absolutely. what are you doing when you you've tried the skill set, you know, multiple times and you're still not able to master it? You know, do you keep going or do you quit? You know, so it's it, yeah. you're right. I mean, the process, you know, it has become very automatic for us within the educational platform. But, you know, I think that we we don't translate it, which I think would be very advantageous if we translated that process to a life, because then we'll be more we'll be much more problem solvers. There will be less complaining. There will be much more solutions happening. And so, yeah, no, that's a great that's a great uh, that's great so point. So true. And you know, even that that skill set is so fascinating because I, I like to think my analogy is um, entrepreneurship, where like med school was like you know you're on a track on a treadmill, you just keep going on the treadmill, and you know that's all you do. Then entrepreneurial life to me has felt like a playground with no rules. There's some mm. equipment there, and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Maybe you have to be, you have to be resourceful. You have to maybe mm -hmm. go build a playground. You have to go find a hammer and some nails and build something or mm -hmm. become resourceful. And what I think is so fascinating is that is actually the skill set that I think high achievers need to hit any goal, any yes. new big goal. So yes. even with weight loss, one of the things I've noticed in the way that I teach weight loss is because again, I don't talk about points and calories and macros. I teach my clients how to become more resourceful in their brains, how to create a way of eating that they truly love 
free of restriction and deprivation that requires resourcefulness. Like we're challenging old ways of thinking, we're challenging old paradigms, but it requires that same thing. Like, okay, I don't see the playground set here. There's no rules. Like Priyanka is like anti-calorie counting. So like now what? Right. We have to go build the playground, which I think it just levels up the quality of our problem solving, of our thinking, which means any obstacle that comes your way when you develop that skill, the skill of resourcefulness and resilience, it just applies to everything, which is the best news. No, that's awesome. That is really, really awesome. I love that analogy to playground and no rules. Okay. Oh, that's great. That is just great. need a hammer and some nails, get some yeah. wood. Yeah, let's like, go. Build, build yourself a swing set. There you yeah. go. No, that's fantastic. That is fantastic. Hey, it's Dr. G. And I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available. If you would just rather just do recordings and leave the behind the scenes work up to us, then that one is definitely for you. But either way, we've got your back here at Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Oh, if you already have a show and you need production services, we have monthly plans available for you. So check out the links in the episode show notes for more information. Let's get back to the show. And then, so tell us like, tell us about your program. So you mentioned and yeah. mentioned it a couple of times. Um, yeah. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So I work with high achieving professional moms specifically because I think that working moms have these unique threads in how they're thinking about their work life and their home life and their mom life, and then their personal goals. So I work with high achievers in an intimate small group community, and we really solve what I like to think about this perpetual weight loss struggle that women feel like they have, especially if you are someone that wants to lose weight, we solve it at the root. Uh, so I think of the way that I like to describe this is, you know, as life is happening, you know, those tennis ball machines, Oh yeah, they like spit out Firing the tennis balls, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. And so the high achiever is sitting at the receiving end of a tennis ball machine, because again, high achievers are living a life that is full of obstacles, full of, because again, they have big goals. And I think what has happened for so many, so many of us is we have those tennis balls being lobbed at us and we feel frustrated at this. Like, it, this is not right. This is too much. It's not fair. Life shouldn't be so hard. My partner should be nicer. My kids should be better behaved. My boss should be more understanding. I should have more time. You have a lot of thoughts like this. Yes. And in doing that, you know, we feel a lot of frustration and resentment, which often drives us to eat when we're not hungry, to give up, F it, screw it, quit, micro quit. And we'll, we'll start again tomorrow. Monday morning, we'll start again yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So all that's doing in this analogy is we are having these balls lobbed at us, getting bruised along the way, occasionally stepping off the court because we can't handle it, but then we're like, but we want to play the game. What I really think about, it, you know, using this analogy is I teach my clients how to pick up the racket and swing really well and hit those balls. So as life is happening, as your partner, your kid, your boss, your time is driving you bananas 
now what? Like we could, I mean, if we could turn the tennis ball machine off, we would. We can't turn the tennis ball machine off. We want to play this game. We want to be living this life. And so how can we more expertly navigate that so that we're not turning to food every time we feel frustrated, instead learn the skill of lobbing the tennis ball back and stop emotionally eating. And so that's how I help my clients lose weight without counting points and calories through these skills that I think really just changes everything. Uh, for me personally, I remember when I lost the weight, when I lost a little over 60 pounds, it was the weight loss physically, of course, but I started feeling different as a mom. I felt like the work that I had to do as a mom and the way that I felt as a physician, I felt more confident. I felt more powerful. I felt more like, oh, a ball's coming. I have my racket. Like, let's go. It nice. just was a different experience of my life that my kid didn't have to change. And guess what? He didn't. My partner didn't have to change. You know, he's still he who he is. Like nothing in my life had to change for me to learn this skill. And that's what I do with my clients. That's awesome. And then you have to tell us how they can get in contact with you. Yes, absolutely. So I am the unstoppable mom brain, basically everywhere on the internet. And the Unstoppable Mom Brain podcast is my podcast where I share a lot of mindset strategies, specific skills and techniques that I highly recommend for really any human that wants to hit goals or especially around weight loss. And I have a training that I recently did for the high achiever who wants to overcome their perfectionist tendencies. If they find themselves procrastinating, I mm. see you. I yeah, see yeah. you. I created a training for you. You can <laughs> grab that training over at the unstoppablemombrain.com forward slash training and all things unstoppable everywhere on the internet. Awesome. 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 That's fantastic. And so you've been doing this now for how long full time? So I discovered coaching in 2019 and I started my business at the end of 2020. Okay. So, it, wow. and there was quite a lot of overlap between <laughs> the end of 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And I remember there was quite a long quite a while in between while I was practicing as a physician and I had my business okay. at the same time. But you know, what's crazy is because I loved this so much, it didn't feel like work. It just felt mm -hmm. like all of my evening hours, I'd put the kids to bed and I'd open up my laptop and start like thinking about what I want to create for my business. Nice. Uh, but for quite a long time, I was doing both side by side. And then in about a year and a half, a year, a year and a half ago is when I made the decision to leave medicine, which was not an easy decision. I have to no. say, as you know, like it takes a lot to get there. <laughs> yes, it, it takes does. a lot to have that, that <laughs> diploma on the wall. And I was like, are we really, are we really uh, putting that one away? So that, that was a, that was a big decision. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a big one, but you know, um, clearly well, the good news is I'm sure you still have your, um, is it ACOG for you guys? Yeah. ACOG. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm sure I you still, still have your, your board certification. certification. So it's like, you absolutely. Know, not that you're going to like, you know, re reverse your move, but you always yeah. have that in case you, you decide. You know what? And that was actually a part of my decision-making strategy was I, I am not leaving because I hate my life. I'm leaving because I love this other thing more. And the other piece of that was I had to trust myself that if I did miss it, which I do at times, to be honest, I loved being in the OR. I loved surgery. I really did. But I had to tell myself if I really do miss it enough where I would want to not be an entrepreneur anymore or come back to practicing, I can 
trust myself enough to know I will be resourceful and figure it out. Yeah. If I figured out how to do it one time, and that was as a resident, as like, you know, a baby resident. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure as an attending, you know, if I forgot certain skills, I'm pretty sure I could pick it up again. Yes. And I had to really believe that in my bones. It could not be a platitude because that would, it would have been an impossible decision then. Right, right, right. I had to really believe if I forgot something, I will be resourceful and I will learn it again. Yes. And truly that's what created my feeling of, you know, certainty almost like I didn't have certainty in the future, right. but I had this like security for myself. Like if I needed it, if I wanted it, I would figure it out because I mean, that's just what we do now. We've yes. just figured yes. that's what we do no, now. That's wonderful. Out. See, that's, that's really yeah. good because um, I've talked to people who have not left because of, you know, they've left under duress, right? I mean, they've left because of burnout. They've left because of dissatisfaction with our with our field. Um, and it's a different different scenario. So, you know, to be in a place where you're leaving, you've left because of a different love, you know, it's 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 a very different place. And so that's awesome. You know, that is a really it good is, thing. It is, yeah. Yeah. And practically speaking, I also have to I also have to give my husband credit because it if it wasn't for his income, I think financially that would have also been a challenging decision. So there's the practicalities also yeah. of yeah. leaving. Like we have a family, we want to support our family, where we have a certain lifestyle that we want to maintain. So there was that piece that also did help me feel secure in that, that my husband ha is making an income that can also support this family. And as I have to say, I feel like that would be, it was, it would almost be like not responsible of me to share that. I think the practicality of leaving was, you know, having those things decided and nice. then known yeah. in advance that I think also helped. Oh yeah, no, that, that's huge. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, there are definitely families where the the female is the one that is earning more. And so, you know, if, if she decides to walk away from medicine, it's, it's a huge impact on the entire family's milieu versus like, if both of you are making a lot of money or making sufficient money to su su supply your family's needs, then one walking away is, is not as bad. So that's a right. good, that's a good thing to have in place for sure. For sure. It is. Yeah. And I think it, it really just helps filter through, right? Like you can still have a partner that's making an income and feel a lot of fear and let fear hold you back from leaving. Yes. Um, you could have no partner at all and be completely on your own and feel completely courageous and still leave. So yes, like there's never one or the other or all or nothing. There's so many nuanced like um, scenarios in between, but I think it's important to know your brain and to know where are you making this decision from? Are you making it from fear? Are you making it from certainty? Are you making it from possibility, from inevitability? What are you feeling that's driving this decision? And whatever you choose, are you going to have your own back? Right. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. Nothing's perfect. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's good. That's a good point. Um, and then, so tell us, no, now you're at that point where, so you've, you've, you branched out, you're on your own. Everything's been rolling for a year and a half now. Um, and are you feeling any fear about the future, about what's next? You know, I think that this is so fascinating. I love this question because I think a year and a half ago, because I was kind of addicted to certainty, I was feeling perpetual uncertainty. Okay. So my desire for certainty, again, as an entrepreneur, there's like literally no such thing. Right. I mean, just for, <laughs> for humans in general, like honestly, for humans in general, if you think about how life works, we don't actually have certainty over anything. Anything can happen right. tomorrow. Yes. But because I like kept craving certainty, that desire for certainty, I want, and perfectionist thinking, I have a lot of, my own first client, like my perfectionist brain 
wanted certainty. I remember at the start of being an entrepreneur, I felt a lot of uncertainty in the present. And I realized that for me to navigate out of that to where I am now is I don't have to crave certainty. I don't need to feel uncertain now. What else would I want to fuel the way that I show up in my business? What do I want my, I, I mean, how terrible would it be if I left medicine to simply to feel uncertain all the time and like in the lows of entrepreneurship all the time. So my work, I think, especially over the last year has been, how do I want to be in this business and have fun knowing that I don't know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know exactly what's coming in tomorrow. What would it look like for me to have fun? And that has been hard work. I mean, to create fun, it sounds Mm -hmm. like a, like catch 22, like you have to do work to have fun, but I've had to untrain my brain. It's like, so used to thinking, you know, in such absolutes and so used to wanting certainty that I would say that's probably been my biggest work is how can I have fun? How can we release the pressure? How can I care about this business without being so attached to the results? How can I have a lighter hand with it? And let my story, let my message, let that just speak for what it is and let that just kind of go out and see what comes, see what comes from that. Nice. Yeah, no, that that's great. Thank you for sharing that because, um, you know, we always, uh, you know, on the outside looking in, it's always that, oh, everything's rolling along quite nicely. He must be perfect. We know that it's not perfect ever. Um, but it's nice to hear how you work through what is coming or what is to come and how would you deal with that? So that's good to hear because I think people, people need to hear that. They need to hear. Absolutely. And I think I also want to just normalize that because, you know, we have two parts of our brain. We have the most primitive part of our brain, which is driving that the most primitive part of our brain wants to expend little to no energy. Mm -hmm. seek pleasure and avoid discomfort. That's just like our natural way (laughs) of being. And so it's not surprising that we have defaulted to that. Like, why is it that I want certainty? It's because Mm -hmm. my primitive brain is afraid of what's out there. What might happen? It can't separate the difference between, I like to think of it as like an email disaster and the lion outside of your cave. Our brains don't know the difference. It just feels fear making a mistake or like, Oh, there's some uncertainty. We feel a lot of fear around that. And I think it's important to validate that it's normal and also know that that's the most primitive part of our thinking. And what would it feel like to take a breath. And remember, Mm -hmm. we have a more evolved part of our brain, the prefrontal cortex, which truly is capable of amazing things. Uh, Like dream. I mean, where do you think we've like dreamed up the airplane and like ships that can sail around the world that did not come from fear. Those big things, those big like explosions in, I think human growth have come from our more evolved thinking and that's possible for all of us. We just have to catch when are we in primitive mode and what would it be like to operate from our more evolved thinking, which all of us can do. No, that's great. That's fantastic. Wow. You have shared so many great nuggets today, Priyanka. We really appreciate it. (laughs) I'm so glad this has been incredibly fun for me. Oh yeah, no, totally. And then, so um, we are at that point in the show where we do our tradition and it is fill in the blanks. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, I'm cool. Ready. All right, cool. The first one is if I am fearless, I will. If I am fearless, I will try anything once. Okay, all right. 
The next one is to me, fearless freedom means. Fearless freedom means the willingness to feel anything, taking action and feeling anything along the way. Love it. Love it. And last but not least, my battle cry is. Oh, that's a good one. My battle cry is. Oh, I have to think of this one. Battle cry. I feel like I don't have a. Do I have a battle cry? Now I'm like, I need to invent a battle cry. Dr. G. <laughs> you go, go ahead, girl. I need to invent a battle cry. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I feel like a lot of my battle cry is like, listen, friends. I have some like real talk for you. Listen, listen up. No, that works. My people. It's yelling at my people. But now I need to think of a battle cry. Oh, I have homework for tonight. There you go. There you go. So good. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. So share with us again how they can get in contact with you. Absolutely. Yeah. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. This is such, I love having these conversations. This topic just lights me up, but you can find me at the unstoppable mom brain anywhere on the internet. The unstoppable mom brain podcast is a great first place to start. If what I'm sharing is resonating with you. And of course that training for your high achiever brain, the unstoppable mom brain.com forward slash training, you can grab it and I will meet you in your email inbox. Awesome. 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 Thanks again for spending time with us here in the Fearless Freedom Tribe. We appreciate you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.